You are listening to the Stark Standard Podcast, where I, Christy Stark, interview professionals from all over the world. Today, I have Colin Burns here with me from Wingfoot Golf Club. He's co-hosting, and we are interviewing Andrew Whitelaw from Port Marnock Golf Club in Dublin, Ireland. Let's just start with an update. As far as COVID, where are you guys these days with rollout and opening? Um, well, we're we're slow with the rollout of the vaccine, and um, we're we're starting to get the most vulnerable um, um, members of society taken care of now. So we're just hoping they're, they're they're planning a pickup in pace over the next three or four months. So that should help us open up a bit quicker. But we're still under kind of our maximum. Uh, lockdown here. Um, April 12th, we, we're allowed to go a little bit further than we have been. We're going from 5 to 20k from your home. And then April 26th is a great day. We're going to have some golf again. So um, only in two balls, but it's a start and we're just delighted to get, get open again. Like I said, we've been closed 30 weeks for since March last year. So it's a a lot of golf being missed and a lot of good times at the club. So we want to get we want to get back to normal. Yeah, you know, that's quite a difference, Andrew, from here where golf experienced perhaps the greatest number of rounds ever played, uh, perhaps in the history of the game here in the U.S. Uh, It was the one place where members could go, uh, members and and members of the public as well, to public golf courses, um, to get a bit of fresh air, to get some exercise, and and I think some mental health as well. So for us, it was really quite quite a boom. Um, there were some issues with caddies and use of the clubhouse, um, but from a golf yeah, perspective, yeah, I mean, boy, what a year it was. The other side of the coin from us, isn't it? I mean, it's uh, polar opposites, but uh, I suppose the number one priority was keeping everyone safe. You know, we, we, we like all the clubs, just getting those protocols in. I, I listened to your, your podcast before, and you're talking about not picking up rakes and pins and all those kind of – it's the same worldwide, you know, and it's uh, – be glad to get rid of that again, to be honest, but uh, just want to get started. That's the end goal. I'm going to jump right in and ask a question about, you know, social media in today's club environment. You know, um, Christy, who was on with us co-hosting today, um, came to Wingfoot uh, because we needed somebody to manage our social media during the U.S. Open. And as you know, it was moved from June to September. Um, we certainly had our share of issues in terms of creating a bubble and, and, and COVID testing 2,000 people and ensuring that that bubble remained intact. And so we wanted to, to uh, you know, we needed to, to actively communicate. So hence Christy came along and we had just been like an old club, like, like, uh, like Port Marnock. We're a little bit slow to come around, um, but we really recognize the, the beauty of that sort of instantaneous communication with, um, with, mm-hmm. with our private Instagram accounts, by the way. Uh, both, you know, I say accounts because we have we have a few of them now, one for employees, one for members, and then one for the golf shop. And and they're all very actively used. So what's it like in your world in, in terms of the UK, specifically Ireland? What's our clubs embracing social media? I, I know you are. Uh, you're active on LinkedIn. But from a club perspective. Yeah, I suppose. Um, well, what's, it, what's it like to now? speak from Port Marnock's perspective first? Um, you know, the whole COVID thing, our, our ambition was just to try and find ways of keeping our members connected with the club while they were away and social media turned out or various plat- communication platforms turned out to be the best way of doing that. And in a traditional club such as ours, I mean, all the communication prior to that had 99% of it was email. 
you know, and <laughs> it was kind of, well, you know, we don't use those, uh, we don't use WhatsApp groups, we don't use Facebook groups. And um, by nature of COVID, um, we were forced into to using those kind of platforms, you know, and um, we had great uptake on, we created much like yourselves, our private groups are on WhatsApp, um, private Facebook group, and um, really using, trying to use imagery to, to keep reminding people how great the place was um, rather than a lot of words um, and much like everybody else having our chefs cook different things and pros do lessons and all that kind of thing and um, yeah and it was fantastic you know we even we we got a little bit crazy and we did a live stream on YouTube and that kind of thing once and <laughs> so we it was great it went down really well our that? captain actually it's a year today almost our captain yeah. did his um did an Easter address to the members from his back garden, and it was the probably the hottest Easter day ever. And he, he it's our most viewed um, piece of communication ever uh, on the YouTube channel. So it's amazing that we did that. And uh, yeah, so I suppose the use of it. That's amazing. Yeah, no, it was great and a lot of fun, and you know, everybody enjoyed it. And to to see someone speaking yeah. rather than just getting the words on the page was was had loads of value. So to just to break those those barriers that had been there and communication in the traditional environment for such a long time was was exciting, fun, and I think um embraced by all the members, you know, which was great. You know, I think I think you hit on something, Andrew, and it has to be fun. And I think once you get past that initial, this is kind of different for a traditional club like Port Mornick or like Wingfoot. Um, it's, it's, I was very surprised. We started, uh, we did a major clubhouse renovation a couple of years ago, which first time the clubhouse had been touched in, in, in many, many years. And we started doing live, these little homemade right from my phone. And I would walk around with either Lily or Ileana or Juan Carlos and the saws were going and there's sawdust everywhere. And the response was overwhelming. And I thought, oh, this is really interesting. You know, I always gulp a little bit before I do some of these things. And I'm known for doing sort of things that may be unusual, uh, even, even at, at this point in my career and my, my long tenure. Yeah. I still like goofy, fun, you know, nothing too edgy, but I, I do like to push it a little bit. So we started doing these home videos. And, and next thing you know, we're getting wild responses. Andrew, let me ask you, I'm, I'm fascinated by the fact that you worked in Dubai, as, as I've told you. I've never been there. I was thrilled to hear the story about Wingfoot making it all the way to Dubai. But from your perspective, from a management perspective, what was it like being in Dubai? I mean, what were yeah. the, you know, culturally, you know, just, so just I, uh, the whole I thing. Went what was Dubai it like? in 1998. I'd, uh, I'm a PGA pro um, originally, and uh, I had been teaching in Germany, and I got the opportunity to move um to Dubai in 98 to teach the German market. And uh, ironically, when I arrived there, the German market had decided to go to different destinations. So my, 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 my German language wasn't particularly needed. But anyway, it was a great, great move. And, you know, in that time in Dubai, the, the construction of the city had just really started to kick off. You know, it wasn't what it, it's the beginning of what it's become today. And it was such an exciting place to work, you know, and especially... Working for Dubai Golf, who are the owner operators of uh, Dubai Creek Emirates Golf Club and now um, Jumeirah Golf Estates, so they they had the leading courses and to work at one of them and for a company like them who provided 
progression within the organization and provided opportunity for education and provided opportunity for innovation particularly allowed you the the rope to try things and to go off and try and make things better it was really exciting i mean dubai is so dynamic i mean it's it's uh the restaurant, for example, in the restaurant business, the, the restaurant concepts change every year. If you're if you're not moving, you're you're dying, you know. So it's uh, you have to be on your your toes there. It's a it's a wonderful place, and it's um, uh, so exciting to work there. I mean, I know, and it's sunny three six five a year, so it's, <laughs> that helps as well. Um, but, I was going to say the weather yeah. is probably a one eighty from Ireland. Yeah, right? I mean, in the in the summer. Um, Sorry, I'm on the other side. I call it. Uh, are we on? Um, I, I'd say it's 50 degrees. What's that? 100? I don't know what that is in, in the other measurement. But uh, yeah, it's so yeah, hot yeah. in the summer, and then in winters it's perfect. You know, it's 20, 25 degrees. So it's uh, ideal golfing weather. And yeah. the community there it's such a diverse community. You know, you've got um, people from everywhere in the world there, and they're all playing golf and they're all socializing, and it's, it's a wonderful place to be. Let me ask you a question. I need to ask you about this entrepreneurship because I, I love yeah. the concept. I'd never heard it before. Um, so tell me, how what, what's that about and how do you sort of, you know, talk to the staff about that? Yeah, what is I mean, it, what it's does kind it mean of a, a, a new word, I suppose. Basis? And it's, uh, you, you know, a lot, a lot of clubs have, have wonderful documents with their vision, mission, values, all on a and nicely written on a nice piece of paper and innovation is quite often one of those values you know but um i suppose the question is um what are you doing to be innovative what platforms and resources are you putting in place for your employees to actually be innovative to have a culture of innovation within your teams um um, you know innovation it's, it's not just a a badge that you, you wear because it's one of your your values you actually have to live it and um so it's i suppose the first question is what does what is an entrepreneur you know and it's an employee who's tasked with developing an idea or a project that tries to make things better um so uh, how do we identify the yeah. entrepreneurs is, is is a real good question it comes down to culture you know, uh, having a culture in your organization that says innovation and uh, creativity is the right thing. It's actually the right thing to do. It's what we, we should be doing um, all the time. Um, and you see lots of organizations saying they're innovative, but are they really? You know, you'll see on LinkedIn or on Instagram, you'll see our new innovative concept, you know, and by their nature, all innovative things are new, but not all new things are innovative, you know. So there is a there's a clear distinction there and uh, you know and we have to understand a little bit why why innovation doesn't happen in a lot of clubs and you know it comes down to complacency bureaucracy you know lack of reward and recognition for for innovation within the teams and trust you know trust for me is massive in innovation you know if you have a manager um, who's not exhibiting enough trust who doesn't show trust to his teams you know trust is credibility reliability intimacy self-awareness if he's not exhibiting enough trust you're not going to get members of your team coming forward putting their hand up saying i've got a good idea because they won't feel like they're going to be included in that idea um so for me entrepreneurs is giving the, the platform for all your team 
to come forward, whether there is a group, it's not necessarily an individual to come forward and, you know, bring these great ideas to the table. Um, you know, sort of things we, we're going to be doing when we get back from lockdown is having kind of mini innovation labs where we'll bring our, our, our feedback from the previous month, let's say our top five negative points from all our places that we gather feedback from, bring in teams, whether it be greenkeepers, chefs, front of house operations, meet and greet, mix them up, give them the problem, let them at it, come come back with come back with some some great ideas and then allocate a particular group to go away and, and, and make that a reality. So I mean there's no point in being creative if you don't implement it. It's just an idea otherwise. So uh, leave them, task them with it and implement it. And then that's the kind of kind of process we're trying to encourage and foster here at the club. I'll give you one example if we have time just quickly. We um we have we have a Christmas dinner. Yeah, um, and obviously with COVID we couldn't do it. So we said how we got together in a group and we're thinking how can we how can we do something? So we delivered we thought we'll deliver meals to the members' houses, we'll prepare them in the kitchen, how to cook it, we'll deliver it to their house and they can cook the Christmas dinner and have it with their families. But we thought, you know, that's not that's fine, that's just delivery actually. That's not that's not that wonderful. So we thought, how are we communicating with them at the moment? And we said, right, well, well, we're using Zoom a lot of the time. So we we took Zoom and we thought, how can we bring them all together? Obviously, we get them in a meeting room, but then we allocated them tables by using the breakout rooms function. So all the groups could have their normal tables in breakout rooms. When there's speeches, we brought them all back in together. When it was time to eat, we put them back in their rooms to eat together in their smaller groups. And they had a great time. We had a load of technical difficulties. People in the wrong rooms, people sitting at the wrong tables. But you know what? They socialized and it was brilliant. And that was the team doing that. And that's the kind of, that for me is kind of the epitome of entrepreneurship, the team putting that together and bringing that out, you know? So uh, that's just one example. I'm sure they looked forward to that as a event that they, as a family and being in, quarantine and all that I feel like that'd probably be very exciting for them to look forward to I mean did I'm assuming they did they dress up do people dress up when they yeah a lot of them put the black tie on for it to be honest we we put their dress code and and they had their portmanteau bottle of wine and the steak and a lot of the fun was obviously they had to cook it themselves so the varying levels of skill in cooking were quite amusing Level, so, uh, it was, it was, uh, yeah, again, it goes back to having that's fun, great. but yeah, it was, it was, that's certainly, you know. You know, Andrew, along those lines, I'm not sure if you saw our Christmas concert, but we, you know, we, we had, we had a Christmas concert. I, I posted part of it on LinkedIn and we actually had a quartet here, very accomplished musicians. And we had, uh, it was only myself, Ileana. Um, oh, Gio was there naturally. Gio had to be behind the bar shaking some drinks. And we did a uh, we did a Christmas concert live, and then we rebroadcast it uh, for the members so that they could put it on their big screens when they had guests over. And they played Tchaikovsky, and they played all these great Christmas tunes. And it was one of those things that we just we as you said we came together and said, well, what you know, it's scheduled. They're already you know they're, they're these people have we paid for the entertainment. What are we going to do? So we did that, and then we had Ileana, who is our Christmas tree. Um, uh, decor expert, she actually, when the musicians went on break, she described her process 
for decorating the tree. And she was in this beautiful Christmas plaid skirt and wearing a, a beautiful you know red top. And I, I wore a tuxedo top. And uh, it turned out that was one of those things that, you know, I sort of gulped <laughs> and said, uh, let's give it a try. It really no, well okay. received. So uh, congratulations <laughs> to you. I may steal that idea, by the way. I, I, See, I, trusted I love that. her and the process. That is very hard when you have a staff like that and people that have high expectations of presentation or the previous year or whatever it was you guys have done. So it is really a trust yeah. issue. Um, Andrew, you mentioned that when you were in Dubai, you felt like they were very open to innovative ideas. And um, can you touch on maybe an experience that sticks out to you while you were there that, uh, you know, planted that seed for you as far as being innovative and bringing your teams together like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, we, yeah, I suppose I'll give you a couple of examples. One is a slightly bigger one. And we had a an availability issue with with the golf course, just with the volume of play. We had thirty six holes, and um, you know, just trying to to come up with the ways of uh, getting more players on the golf course. And uh, you know, and it's something that was in the market yeah. anyway. Um, and rather than trying to change membership models or, or or look at our green fee structure or anything like that. Um, fortunately, in a in an environment where um, investment into the business was was available, and so we floodlit the eighteen holes and extended the playing hours by you know another six hours. So um, that, that that's more money money than innovation, but that was, was uh, that was a, a, a great a, a great change. Um, well, it's both. I, I suppose a more simple one was one of my my, my team. You know, we we were struggling to record data of who was playing and, and, you know, communicate with them after the game to invite them back for a second game and, and just thank them for playing and, and communicate. So we were struggling yeah. at the reservation desk for them to give us their email or after the round or to fill in a survey. And so actually one of our driving range guys, one of our starters came and he said, I had an idea. He said, why don't we just take a picture of them on the first tee? He says, I'll tell them I'll email them it. They'll give me their email address and I'll email them the picture from the first tee, the four ball group. <laughs> and it was fantastic. And we ended up doing this digital picture that you just send straight from the team. By the time they're on the first screen, they've got it on their phone and we've got their details. And just, yeah. just you know, that, that's the guys that's on the ground. Funny. The that's actually idea. what I did. You know? No, that really is. Yeah, that's that actually brilliant. something that I stumbled upon at the US Open. Um, our idea was kind of just to take pictures of the members that were there able to volunteer and split of the moment. I was like, how are we going to post these with their names, the families, you know, there was a lot of people out there. And so that was just spare the moment. What I ended up doing was I would take a picture of them and right after a picture of their ID, we all had to be ID'd up and it had all their information on there. So then I was also able to, text it to them because yeah. their contact info was on there and then post it with their first and last name to really show the members who was there. I mean, I felt like the members were just so excited to see their own photos of them out of quarantine <laughs> for just a few hours that. Always, <laughs> always. You know, one, one question I had, which, which really caught my eye was employee mental health. Um, you know, this has been a tough time for a lot of people. Um, I know that some of the elders, elderly staff, um, um, you know, sort of reacted perhaps differently than some of the younger staff. 
um, people with children dealing with, you know, at home schooling and all that. So what is, what is your approach now? I mean, are you making something yeah, available so, to I the mean, employees? What, what I mean, it's been well documented. Now there's been a lot of studies done on, on certainly in the golf industry. I know from this side of the pond, uh, Syngenta have done one, you know, and it's 60% of uh, people have been affected some way mental health issues from, from the lockdown. Um, so we, we, you know, we, we have a real staff focus, as I've said, and um, we we did some did some investigation, and we we found a company that that, that, that can provide this kind of twenty four seven you know employee mental health um, service for our members, and it's it's uh, for our staff, sorry, and it's it's an ongoing yeah. thing. So that, I mean, it, it begins with uh, training some of our staff to be uh, our own you know, first aiders in mental health, um, online platform, monthly communications for yep. them, just awareness. Um, there's a, I'm not going to call it a hotline, but there's there, there are people you can call and talk to um, all the time. So um, it's more, it's, it's more around the communication and just making, just making people and staff aware that there, there are places to go and places to talk and articles to read and resources to go to. And, um, and just ensuring that, that they feel in the, when they're at the club and the work environment and they can use it when they're out of work, obviously, um, uh, as much or as little as they want um, for the year. So it's, uh, I'm really excited. It's a great move for us to do. So I think it's a brilliant thing to do for the, the team. And hopefully it's uh, hopefully hopefully we don't have to use it too much. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the ironic thing. Look, Andrew, I want to say thank you. Um, you know, I admire you from afar. I haven't had a chance to, to, to spend time with you uh, yeah, at we Port hope Mornick. So. I'm looking forward to it, hopefully in October. Um, but, you know, I, I follow you actively on LinkedIn. You're innovative, you're creative, you're smart, charming, and I just, uh, you're somebody who I really admire in the industry. Thank you, Colin. And it was a pleasure being here. Oh, thank to you so you much. He speaks very highly of you, Andrew. So I was super excited just to get to meet you. And um, again, I've never been to Ireland, so it's, very interesting to hear, uh, you know, as far as business aspects, how you guys do things different and, um, you know, kind of what your path is. Uh, again, I just think it helps other people that are in management positions kind of open their mind to, to what might be helpful for their staff if they're one of those individuals that, you know, kind of stays on the straight and narrow and might not be as open to change. So I love having these kind of talks. Great. And thank you for having me on. Yeah. Thank you. So thank you very much, Andrew. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Of course, you guys. Christy, thank, thank you so, you so much. much. Have a great yep. day. Bye. This podcast is sponsored by Stark Standard, business consulting from Portland, Oregon to New York City. We like our business like we like our coffee. Stark Strong.